So you know when you have a bit of a plan? Part of what I was wondering we were going to end up today was continuing the talk or our discussion or our chat from last week. And last week we were talking about this letter that Jesus has written to a group of people just like me and me. A group of people who are under pressure from every possible angle. A group of people who lived in a city where anything goes with anyone. In fact, you totally stood out if you were to say Jesus is Lord. Like one in a million kind of thing. But there was a group of people in a place called Ephesus who said, no, we're going to love Jesus and we're going to love each other in a radical kind of way. And what's interesting is if you have been following the story in Revelation, is when you read Paul's letter to Ephesians about 35 years earlier, it's really interesting to read that in the context of all that's happening around politically, culturally, emotionally, sexually. Like It's just, oh, no wonder he emphasized certain things. And one of the things that Paul celebrated in the letter to Ephesians was people's love for one another. He celebrated their love and he encouraged them in their love for one another. Like these people in Ephesus, they were known for their love for God. You've come from darkness, you've come from slavery, you've come out of sin and you've found light, you've found love. And now your lives are radiating to those around you. So when we get to Jesus penning this letter to this group of people, and he's just saying, I see all your works, I see your deeds, I see all of this. But you've drifted. You've walked away from your first love. But it's interesting in the Bible that he talks about not only our love for God, but our love for one another. Because I'm old-fashioned in that I believe you can't separate your love for God and your love for other people. Like, it's not, you just can't do it. Because just like God pours into me, I'm designed to leak. Aren't we? Like we're called to be rivers, not reservoirs. So whatever God puts into me, it's to leak. So if God says, Andy, you're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner, but man, I made you. So I'm going to forgive you. And I need lots of forgiveness, but he's never short. So God pours his forgiveness into me. Now I am selfish if I keep that to myself. So what is God's forgiveness meant to do in me? Well, firstly, it's to do a work in me and then through me. So when God pours his love into me, I don't want to be selfish. I want to be a river, a river of love. Like it's not complicated, is it? Now, just to be very, very clear, complicated is here and easy is here. Very different things. 
So it's not complicated. Ah, God's loved me, I should love other people. Dead simple. God has forgiven me, I should forgive others. How simple is that? Like that is not complicated. We can't not do certain things because, oh, it's a bit complicated for me. Hold on. Now I'm over here. Yeah, Andy. I hear what you're saying. And mathematically, I agree. However, you don't know the person that comes to mind. And sometimes there's a delay from that side to this side, isn't there? And sometimes we do need to go back to the Father and say, Father, would you refresh my heart again? Because even in this moment of me receiving your love, I've hardened up because that person comes to mind. Those words come to mind. That message, that aloofness has come to mind. So all of that being said, when Jesus writes this letter, and it's such a powerful letter. And last week, I know, was a bit emotional. Man, I was a bit emotional. Because it's personal. Like, Jesus isn't just doing, like, one of those mass mailings. He's just like, hey, dear customer. Or, you know, have you ever had a letter and you're addressed by a number? Jesus doesn't do that. Or even, like, I had a call from a bank last week, and he's just like, hello, Mr. Ferron. I said, oh, I think you're a scam. You don't even know my name. I actually think they were genuine. But, but Jesus knows my name. And that's part of what Miriam was talking about those weeks ago. He says, Jesus, he knows you. He knows me. He knows our circumstance. So that's why he says, it's incredible that you haven't given up. And I'm here to honour you, Jesus says. In my letter, I'm honouring you that you haven't quit when things got tough. When you saw that mountain, you didn't back away, but you just packed an overnight bag. And you said, I'm going to press on and I'm going to press in. When you've pressed into something and you've given your guts and your all to build something, like a skate park, and then it's the best day and nobody's coming... The easy thing to do is to quit. But you need to be reminded, why did we even start this stinking thing? Oh, we started this because it's way more than a skate park. So we honour you, Stephen Tab, for not quitting and refusing to back off for the dream that the Father's given you for that what at times is a stinking skate park and for others is a space and place of grace. But I know that there's other skate parks in the room. There's other stuff that God has placed in your hearts. And the enemy would do, will do, has done, will do, has done, will do, all that in his power to rip that dream from your heart. And Jesus says, Don't give up. Do not back off. I'm with you. I see you. And I want to encourage you to keep going. Hello. (laughs) What a delight. 
Like, is that, is, is that not a perfect picture of Esme? I don't know if you could see, like, is that official pineapple hairstyle? I don't know what the name is. There's a ribbon all tangled in there. Now, if you're wondering what is the model of worship, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Couldn't give two hoots watch, who's watching, who's not watching. Couldn't give two hoots. But, man, ribbons everywhere. Beautiful. Um, hold on. You did distract me, though, Esme. What a beautiful distraction. So let me read this again. Jesus' letter to me and you. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patience endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but they're not. You have discovered they're liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. So that's where we kind of got to last week. So what I was wondering for this week, and time has gone, but what I'd love to talk about for a couple of minutes is this. How to love God, or how to rekindle or restart that love we had in 125,372 ways, if that's okay. And in one sense, it's light-hearted. But in another sense, that's exactly what it takes. See, I know this is just a marriage illustration and not everybody is married. And even me saying that can be a source of pain, I know. But I remember Tony Campolo talking about some marriage advice. This couple came to him and they've been married for 32 years, I think. And they said, we have tried everything. And we've come to the conclusion that we're getting divorced. And he said, okay, get divorced. And they kind of looked at him and said, oh, uh, <laughs> we thought you might have some advice for us before we do get divorced. He said, but you've made a decision. You're going to get divorced. He said, well, no, we, we've come here one last, one last chance. He said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to the start. When you first started dating, what are some of the things that you used to do? Now, 32 years is a long time, and it took them a little while to remember. And then she spoke up and said, you remember the park? The park we used to walk in? Where you first held my hand? And then he starts to recall, do you remember the coffee shop? When it was raining and we took shelter in. Do you remember? Do you, rem- do you remember? Do you remember? And then Tony Campolo simply said this. No matter how you feel. No matter what's going on around you or in you. Do those things. Do those things. And after three months, if you still want to get divorced... Come back and see me. He never saw them again. Because there's something about coming back to what we know and taking it real slow. 
Lizzie, as we finish, can I ask you a question? <laughs> well, you know, here's, oh, actually, I did ask Anthony a question on the way down. Because, you know, talking about love for God and one another people. And I said to Anthony, hey, Anthony, you know when you fall out with people, and I was, I was trying to finish the whole question was, you know when you fall out with people, how do you kind of put it back right again? <laughs> this is beautiful. I said to Anthony, so I said, hey, Anthony, we're walking down Denton Street. I said, Anthony, you know when you fall out with people, before I could go on to the next bit, he says, no. I'm like, no, I, I hadn't finished. And I'm like, oh. So let me say that again. I said to Anthony, Anthony, you know when you fall out with people? He said, no. You have a lot to teach me. And you have a lot to teach communities about friendship and love. Because you are a fierce friend. A fierce friend. You know when you fall out with people? No. No. So that thing on friendship, that one another in, the people around this room, like it or lump it, this is who God has connected us to. These are the ones. You're the ones. I'm the one. For you to practice the one another's on. Praying for one another. Loving for one another. Cooking for one another. Being joyful with one another. Praying for one another. When somebody's got a bad back, we just ask, can we pray? Or when somebody's got pain in their heart, we say, would, would you pray for me? So this one another in is just what we're called to, what the invitation is. Now the other part of this, how do we fall in love for the first time again? That's my question I asked Lizzie a couple of days. Do you feel like you'd like to share? I say, would you want to pray? (laughs) So yeah, like... It was actually a really nice question to be asked because it's made me think all week about how God loves me. <laughs> so um, if you want to be encouraged, like just ask yourself that question. Like, what does it mean to fall in love with God? Um, so, yeah, it's been a good week. So thanks for that. Um, I think in my story, like I've had the amazing privilege of knowing Jesus my whole life because I was raised in a Christian family and in a Christian family where Jesus was really at the center of things. So you couldn't deny that he was real and pursuing you like right from even before I could speak. Um, but then, um, I did have a period in my life where I thought I knew better. It happened to be in my teenage years and early twenties. I think this happens to lots of people. (laughs) And, um, in that period I had like intense fear and like, there was just so much going on. I've shared my whole testimony before, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, but then, um, you know, Jesus never stops pursuing you. (laughs) And even when I was doing my best to deal with stuff on my own and to, um, think that I had it all together and to look like I had it all together, like Jesus just came back in when I was like, I don't think I can do this. He was right there and so present. Um, and then when 
I made that commitment after 10 years of wandering. <laughs> I made the commitment to not just know Jesus, but to walk with Jesus. My life was completely transformed. Like Jesus came in and just rocked my world with opening up my spiritual eyes. And it was really great. I could give a prophetic word for anybody, do all this ministry stuff. I had all these opportunities. It was really, really great. So I um, was driving along one day and I said to God it, with my very humble heart, like, you know, God, I feel like we've reached this new like level in our relationship and I feel like we're really good friends just now. And I wasn't expecting God to give a response, but because he is God and he's full of wisdom, he said to me, no, we're not. You're more like a toddler. You're all mine, mine, mine. And in that moment, I because I wasn't expecting a response, because I was like, well, obviously, like, I'm doing great things for the kingdom, so obviously, like, God thinks I'm great. Um <laughs> So I decided in that moment, like, I think in when Mer introduced the um, Revelation series that we're doing, she spoke about the at the beginning of the letter, it says, if you have an ear to hear, and it's about a willingness of your heart to when you hear, how is your heart going to be postured? And so in that moment, I had a decision to make. Do I keep just going, doing whatever <laughs> I was doing, which was working really well and was making me look really good? Or do I actually seek to understand and hear what God is saying and like lean my heart into where his heart was coming from. So in um, in that moment, I, I thought, well, I probably better ask a follow-up question then. And um, I was a little bit worried because I think sometimes we can think of God as a big scary person who doesn't love us very much, who's just going to correct us and make us feel bad, especially if that's been your experience of other loves that you've experienced but the love of God is always for us and so in that in that moment I was like okay I'm gonna ask the question I'm gonna ask God like hey well if that's true (laughs) what do you mean like what do I need to do and his response to me then was he said you need to know who you are and I'm gonna show you who you are and for me that's a key part of being loved by God. And one of the advantages of having God in our lives is that we have a person who knows us to the depth of our being and can reveal who we are to us. And that, to me, is the depth of love because being truly loved is being truly seen and known. And no one can do it like God can. (laughs) And so then I went through a period where I... I dropped to doing all the things where, which, like, it feels really weird, right? Because sometimes you're like, you're so trained to be like, but these things are really good for the kingdom. These things are really good for church. Like, be involved in this, be involved in that. And you have to start saying no. And you're like, I'm saying no because of God, <laughs> but I don't know why. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I pulled back and I went into that, like it talks about in the Bible of the secret place, the refuge that God created for me to discover myself and for him to show who I was, who he saw me to be, um, which was really amazing. And it ended up being like, there was a one year of like intense, just one-on-one time with God, but then it was like a whole five-year period of, which seemed really long to me, like I'm not a patient person, (laughs) but um, God had a lot to reveal. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a a five-year period of really just setting this foundation in my life 
of my whole foundation, my whole everything I am is based on him loving me and him showing me who I am. And then once you get that, you're kind of unshakable. When anything comes against you, you can draw back into that, into that that place of safety, that place of refuge. So it it was interesting when I was thinking about this because like there's this whole the posturing of your heart and the willingness to hear what God has to say. Sometimes when you're in the difficult seasons, it's easier because you're craving that word from the Lord and that word of, of like direction. But in that time when I was in a really good season, things were going really well. I'm so grateful that I had that early development of trust, which was created in my childhood with God. So I could trust that what he was telling me to do was good, even though from a practical, like, worldly point of view it didn't seem like it made sense but it's created such a foundation that in the last couple of years when I've been going through really difficult things again like I haven't run away and I haven't um separated myself from God to try to deal with things on my own but I've drawn closer to him and into him and he has been my refuge and that's what we need in this world we need to be able to be walking as people that can be in a world of chaos but have access to a place of refuge which is the love of God because we're not going to be able to survive this world if we don't learn how to put ourselves in Jesus in that place of refuge and in that place of peace and security because that's what we need to operate from and that's what the world is craving is to see a people who are deeply loved, deeply known. <laughs> and that's what is going to flow out of us when we learn how in that secret place to be fueled up in whatever way we all need in our different unique ways that God's going to meet us. Then that means that the world will see that this is a better way to live. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love when you speak. It just brings clarity. Also, just a moment. As a community, we want to say thank you for not hardening your heart in that moment when Jesus brought a smart in word. Like, you know, champion and challenge. But when he challenged you, you didn't go, huh. So we thank you for honoring and we just honor you in that moment. Here's what we're going to do. Time has definitely gone. But I don't want us to move on because I feel like God has been speaking in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months. I feel like there's a couple of moments. What I'm going to do, I'm going to ask Anthony to pray for us. If you've got hurt in your heart in regards to friendship with one another, where people have hurt you or you've hurt people, I'm going to ask Anthony to pray for us. And would you just pray that you'll help us to be friends to one another, a bit like Jesus is? Would that be okay? So there's that part, so God may be, and I'm not going to embarrass you, you don't have to stand in your chair or anything like that, but you know it's, if God has been speaking to you about that. I also had a picture of damp heart being reignited like a match, like a weatherproof match. And if you feel that your heart's got a bit damp and distance over the years, and you feel like you need a spark, then I'm going to ask Lizzie to pray for you in that. And for those of us who feel like quitting, we feel like we're at the end of our time, I've got a gift for you, which is a prophetic picture. And this is some Kendall mint cake. And I've got loads of it. And this is what they first took with them on the first trip up Everest. Like amazing, not this actual one. It's that one. 
But if you feel like you want to quit, what I want you to do is come and grab a full bar and find somebody else and say, would you stay the course with me? Because earlier this week on Wednesday, we asked Jesus to write us a letter personally. And one of the things Jesus said to me was this. If you stay close to me, you'll stay the course. And to stay the course, you need to stay close to me. And if you stay close to me, you'll stay the course. And of course, stay in the course, you'll stay close to me. But if you're going to stay close to me, then you, that's how you're going to stay the course. And as you stay the course, you'll find yourself close to me. Beautiful perpetual promise, eh? So, three things. Anthony's going to pray for us. If you feel like you need a restart, respark, Lizzie's going to pray for you. And then the other thing is for adventurers ahead, come and grab this and grab somebody else. Like, grab a forearm kind of moment and just say, um, it's hard going, will you pray for me? So, Ant, would you come and pray for us? Is that okay? So, we just need Jesus' help for us to be better friends. So, just you pray for us, the best prayer you've got. Okay. <coughs> Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my heart and my, 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 my good help and just trust to Andy about, I'll be talk, talk to him about Jesus and I give them our hearts and just pray for um, everyone come today for the vineyard and thank you Lord for um, all of you who came and thank you and Jesus come to ours. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that you are our hope and you are our way. I just pray for in the hearts of everybody here today that there's a revelation of who you are for them. That the ears will be open to hear and hearts will be open to receive. That words will just hit in such a way that we know it's you speaking and we know it's truth and we know that it's good. So, Father, I thank you for the transformation that you're going to bring to people's lives. And I thank you that you're always taking us from glory to glory. Amen.